Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio with Coach Danielle. She's here to join us, and we're going to record episode number 185, where we're going to talk about the idea of coaches calling pitches and a little bit of the thinking and the pros and cons to that whole process. Before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. And make sure you take advantage of that EFP20 discount. Great way for you to save an additional 20% on your bats, gloves, bags, whatever it is that you order from Anderson, and it helps support the podcast at the same time. Also, please go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. We need more patrons, folks, so come on board if you can. If you see value in what we're doing, we're talking about $5, 10 or $20 a month. So if you're in a position where you can help us, and if you want us to be able to keep doing it into the future, uh, we need some more patrons to come on board. Um, again, uh, we really do appreciate the support and thank the patrons that we've had and the people that have been supporting us for a long time, but we need some new people to come on board and, uh, and join the team. So... Danielle, Don, the idea uh, I wanted to talk about today was coaches calling pitches, especially at the younger ages, and I think that it somehow leads to too much of an emphasis on the value of a strikeout being somehow more important than just getting an out. Yeah, no, it's an interesting thought because we talk about it often. I used to catch, and half of the fun of being back there and catching was you know each day being able to be creative with the pitcher and getting batters out. and strategizing and having some fun with what was working, what wasn't working, how can we get through the day with the tools that we had and to try and fool and change things up on batters to to make it uh, exciting that way was really half the fun for me and all the armbands and, and coaches calling from the dugout. I understand that usually the person that's calling from the dugout is very familiar with the pitcher as well. But You'd uh, be surprised. Yeah. The stories <laughs> I hear. But with them being so far away from what's happening at the plate, sometimes I think that there can be issues with not really having an understanding of whether the batter's crowding the plate, whether they're off the plate, whether their first movement is open with their front shoulder, if they're diving in to the plate, to the strike zone with their first movement. The catcher's right there, and they're watching firsthand what's going on. And you know, if they're doing certain things in, in their initial movement, that might lead them to be a lot more vulnerable to certain pitches or pitch locations. And the catcher is the one that's really going to get to see that. And even if they're not the ones that are um, navigating or calling the games early in their careers, I think that people in the dugout or whoever it is that's calling the game should be very, very interactive with the catchers to start preparing them to be able to do that later on in their, in their careers. And if they don't, I think we're really missing out on a lot at least having some kind of signals where the catcher can, you know, with their hand, if their hand's closed, that means the the batter's really close on the plate. If their hand's open, you know, that means that they're very far off of the plate. They make an adjustment or something, just to have their hand even, that means that the batter's staying even in the batter's box. But No, um, I 100% agree with that. we, We need to work on things there. 
be working towards the catchers having a more active role, in my opinion. I think the pitcher, the catcher, and the person calling pitches should collaborate before the game or before each inning, after each inning for 30 seconds and just having communication because the pitcher has one view, the catcher has one view, and then the coach, whether on the third base dugout or first base dugout, has his or her own view. And we have to be collaborating, working together. And I have to watch my mouth a lot because I have a lot of girls and I have a couple girls at the 14U level. They come to me. They're like, my coaches aren't calling pitches and I'm already working fast change drop with some of them, some with curveballs. And my coach just says throw strikes with fastballs. And it's doing a disservice to my girls because they've been training so hard for this. And then the coaches are like, we don't care what you like. They're not really helping develop that. They just want the strike. They just want the strike. The catcher doesn't know what they're doing. Catcher's trying to call pitches. Pitcher's trying to call pitches. I mean, at 13 years old, I'm sorry. I don't, you don't have enough. You have enough to worry about that you calling your own game the way that me and you are, or that way that you were just speaking of it's tough for a 13 year old, 12 year old, 10 year old to do that. And so coaches, I really challenge you to dive deeper into working with your pitcher and your catcher and that communication, because it, it elevates the game so much more. They gain more confidence. They're more locked in because they know that everybody is locked into that situation. It's not just them trying to get the job done from a pitcher's perspective. And it's also growing their IQ. I think it's important to have the pitchers who are sitting the bench sit next to the pitching coach and learn the sequence that you're calling or the why and explain to your girls, hey, I'm going low and out because she's off the plate and the umpire is giving me that ball outside or I'm going inside. She's up on the plate, her hands, look at the angle of her bat, like teaching the other pitchers and the catchers what you're doing. Rather than just doing it. Than just doing it. Yeah. And I see that from a handful of coaches. I one travel ball coach, Coach Jonas, I'm giving you a shout out. He's 12U coach, and we've been collaborating for three years. I've worked with his girls, and he is someone who I think could easily coach like an 18U team with like his IQ and the knowledge and him just evolving. But these girls, it's crazy to me seeing these 12-year-old girls understand the why behind certain things. And that's what I'm teaching my pitchers, but to have that age understand the pitch sequence and the why and the catchers being able to communicate i think is huge and these girls i'm excited to see them in the future i mean they're just growing that at such a young age well one of the things that i think is happening and you touched on it that we have two different agendas i think going on at the same time and obviously if we're playing games we want to win and if i'm coaching and i'm calling pitches Am I thinking about the pitcher's overall development or am I thinking about what specifically is going to help us get an out right now to win this game? And I think that that's where some of the disconnect comes from because you might have a pitcher who has been working really hard on adding a pitch, but from my selfish, I want to just win this game coach's perspective, I don't really care about her third pitch. I want to throw what I know she can throw right now to help us win this game and or what I think she can throw that might get us more strikeouts. So why why are coaches so motivated for strikeouts? Well, sometimes they don't have faith in their defense. Sometimes they just think that that's a sign of of a you know more dominant performance or whatever. But I think that the uh, different agendas I think is something that's part of the root problem with the argument or the discussion about are we really developing these players to become better versions of themselves or are we just trying to win today's game? Well, if a pitcher comes to a coach and tells you like I've seen many coaches for me personally my change up if it was on it was on if it was off it was off and I knew how to fix it so if I threw one bad change up that first time I didn't lose confidence and 
two coaches come Even to mind. They did. Yeah, they yeah. lost confidence of she just skyrocketed this pitch or just bolted. I'm like, hey, I got this. Let me throw it in next inning. Like, this is my pitch. I got to get it down. I need to keep the batter's timing off. If the pitcher is telling you that she has confidence in a pitch, I feel like you you got to believe her. Like, if she is over here telling you, like, hey, this pitch is not working, like, I feel like the confidence thing kind of overrides what you were talking about, Tori, of yeah. the confidence that he has or he or she has in the pitcher when the pitcher is telling you, like, I can throw this pitch. Like, I would rather a pitcher on the mound who is telling me, like, yes, and give her a chance of throwing that pitch after she throws a ball and she still tells you, I want to throw that pitch again. I mean, she's going to make that adjustment. But if you take that away from her, her confidence is going to go down as well because you're not giving me a chance to fight through the situation. Well, but I think the you know that that still comes back to the for some coaches they're not interested in letting you fight through it. They're interested in getting a strike right now because they want to win this game. And so I think that's part of the discussion and part of the problem with coaches. I think having so much control over pitch calling is that it sets us up for. Um, a very, uh, I say you do, I, I call you throw robotic, system, very yeah. robotic, you know, very autocratic and, and not very much collaboration really taking place. And I think that's the crux of this discussion is that for our coaching friends is starting to think about, and again, we, we talk about a lot of these different scenarios pretty consistently is there might be times when getting this out, getting this win, winning this game is the absolute most important thing for our team's measure of success. Mm-hmm. But there's an awful lot of games that if we lose a pool play game, if we lose a game early in the tournament, if we finish third this week instead of winning one more meaningless ring or t-shirt or plastic trophy for our team, that the overall development and the bigger picture ends up being a lot more positive. And so the reason that so many coaches are calling pitches, how I think this is developed, they want to have control because they want to know for sure exactly what's happening, whether they're winning or losing. They don't want to give up the power of, of deciding what pitch is going to get thrown. And so then we have an awful lot of pitchers that are afraid to express themselves or whatever. And then because of that, we have a lot of pitchers that are not developing as much as they should because we're not letting them work through a problem. We're just taking the, the challenges away from them. You guys can tell me how this works, too, with the wristbands. That's something I did not use. I was out of the coaching end of it before the wristband thing came in. The, they give a, a signal. They want to throw a curveball. The pitcher doesn't feel good with the curveball. What does the pitcher do? Throw the curveball anyway? Do they just have to step off, look over at the dugout, like, I don't want that, or... That's what I see. Um, they'll shake it off. They'll My, call. Because I don't feel like I can throw that comfortably right now. I got 3-2 count, and you call the curveball. And know, I have a differ to, of opinion on that as well. But do, do you just do it? You just throw it anyway? or As a pitcher, I've seen coaches who, if I call this pitch, I want you to throw it no matter what. That just right there, I, I can't stand that mentality because I think a pitcher still has to have a little bit of say. If she doesn't have confidence and you're telling me, in a 3-2 count to throw a curveball, and I just am not confident in this pitch, and I need to throw a drop ball or I need to throw a fastball, and I'm forced to throw that curve, I already have that sense of negativity in the back of my mind. So, and so how does it work with, we called it from the dugout, do they just step off and so with the wristband shake their head and say no? Or? Well, or, whether it's the wristband system or it's you know some sort of signaling system, I'd be willing to bet that probably 80% percent of the pitchers that are pitching Just right now throw it and go whatever I knew you, I whatever done you it. say i'm gonna throw now i might complain about it after the fact 
I might be unhappy about it after the fact, but I'm just going to throw whatever you call. I give my pitchers on the 18U travel. I help coach with Brian Carver on the Georgia Thunderbolts 18U, and I get to call pitches, and I give them all the green light. All but one are clients of mine, and they have the green light. If I call a pitch and you don't like it, I need a pitch on that side of the plate. And then they look at me, and they tap their nose, and they let me know that they threw a different pitch. And I give them that green light, one, because I trust their intuition. I so, trust, does, so does the catcher then know it's going to be a drop ball instead of a fastball, or it, do they... They give some... say It's a nonverbal cue. So their glove, he, all the pitchers have a different one. So if their glove starts at their knee, it means one pitch. At their hip, it means one pitch. And up here, it means a pitch. So they have three pitches that they can call but it yeah, has so to be on the side of the plate. And, yeah, I just I just want your catchers to know what's coming. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, the catchers yeah. know, but it's a nonverbal cue the pitcher gives. And yeah. I was like, because I can't stand the whole shaking pitches off. Like, I don't want the other batter or the team to know I'm not confident in a pitch. So we're shaking it off nonverbally somehow. And you're giving kind of a next level think. And I learned that from Coach Gillis uh, when I was at Kennesaw State University. If we didn't like a pitch, that's what we did with our glove. It's like we would put our glove somewhere else of saying what we're giving, but we had that green light. And that, to me, I thought was very cool, but that was, again, college level. I'm working with 18U girls at a younger yeah. age. It's a differ of opinion. but I understand the idea that somebody who's in the dugout with a clipboard and notes and scorebook and is like, tracking what's happening, like stuff like that, to see, yeah. you know, should, should yeah. have a leg up on what's strategically a better pitch to throw in certain situations. But the one thing that I always go back to is I think that there's an awful lot that's lost when we take the game away from the players, especially at a younger age. Does a 10-year-old pitcher and a 10-year-old catcher know everything they need to know about how to set up a hitter? No, but they know as much as the 10-year-old hitter does. Right. I mean, we played our whole lives. I didn't, I mean, I played my entire high school career and never had a coach call a pitch ever from a dugout, and we won a, almost every game we played because we were working together. I would you know, talk to the pitcher. He would talk to me. We would figure out, hey, my curveball is great right now, whatever it is, and, and we would sort it out ourselves. And You, and you could we, see that the batters were slow with their hands, so you threw them inside. Right. You know, If you threw two fastballs and the guy was you know, a mile behind, we aren't going to call a changeup on the third pitch just because we you think it'd be a great idea to throw a changeup when hit the he's already shown he can't hit the fastball. We learned that when we were 12. And now, mm-hmm. were there times that you know, we probably called the wrong pitch and lost a game? Probably, but nobody cared about that because we were, we were still learning. Missing, we were still missing spots. Right. One of my concerns with the emphasis on coaches calling all pitches is that I think that if I'm the pitcher and the coach calls a pitch and it gets hit, I've already got a built-in excuse. You called the wrong pitch. And I think, Daniel, you touched on the point, whether it's the right pitch or the wrong pitch, if you believe in it and you throw it like you really can and throw it the best you possibly can, then there's a pretty good chance it might be successful. So this idea of you know, taking the thinking part of it away from the players is troubling to me. But I, I like the idea of the clipboard being able to show a pitcher and a catcher, look, the first batter pulls everything. Every hit she gets to the left side. The next one, she's the exact opposite. Everything she hits is to the right field. Right. The third one, all she does is bunt and slap. I don't have anything on her for swinging. Right. You know, so give them the info. Yeah, the, the, mm. that's the collaboration part of it. Yeah. But to me, I think that, that there's not enough of the, the collaboration part of it. There's definitely not enough of the 
developmental part going on you know, because we're so worried about winning and losing that we're constantly going back to the to the well of what we've seen work in the past versus what we're working on for the future. And I think that idea that uh, too many pitchers now are coming up through the ranks, not not really understanding, and obviously too many catchers are coming up through the ranks, not understanding any of the strategy or the logic or the reasoning behind any of the decisions that are being made. They're just, I hear a number and that's what we're doing. Catch and, it, block it, throw it. Yeah. Right. And I teach my girls, you got to be coachable, but you have to understand the why. If you truly don't understand the why, I don't think you're going to be able to be your best self on the field. And that falls under pitch calling. If you don't understand the sequence that's going on or the why behind it, let's talk about it. Like ask your coach and your coach should be able to answer. Coaches, it's your job to be able to explain that to your girls. They're not coming to you questioning your coaching. They're coming to you questioning so they can fully understand that process so they can buy into it so they can believe in it. They got to believe in it and be confident. Well, sometimes they are questioning your coaching. It depends how they word (laughs) it. I would, yes. No, that that I can tell you for sure. Yes. Quick little sidebar. Don't take it personally. My girls better not be doing that. No, quick little sidebar story. I had a really great experience. I spent a couple of years working with the team and, and spent some time during that time frame, not, not full-time, but periodically throughout the course of those couple of years, calling pitches for two different Division One highly successful pitchers, one of whom thought that the only way she could be measured as successful was how many strikeouts she got, and the second one who didn't care whether she ever got a strikeout or not as long as she got out as quickly and as easily as possible. and. The weakness in in that example is the one who thought that the only measure of her success was how many strikeouts she got was what she was taught coming up. She was dominating enough at times where she would have some big strikeout games. Playing in a very important tournament, I think we were in the fifth or sixth inning, she was throwing a no-hitter, but she was really mad at me because most of the outs were ground balls to the third baseman. Right. And not enough of them were strikeouts. And I said, well, what's the problem? I said, you know, they, they haven't come close to hitting you yet. They're hitting it all the time. I said, well, what are you talking about? I, I only have two strikeouts and it's the sixth inning. I know, but you are throwing a no hitter. And she couldn't comprehend the fact that, you know, a no hitter with no strikeouts was still a good thing versus right. the other girl who consistently had six or seven pitch innings constantly. Like at the end of the game, she barely broke a sweat because. She'd have, out of the seven innings, she would throw six of them. She wouldn't throw 10 pitches. And you could mm-hmm. throw more that yeah, day. Yeah, so she'd yeah. throw 75 pitches and get a complete game shutout. And the other girl would throw 175 pitches to get a complete game shutout, but she'd have, you know, 15 strikeouts. Right. And both of them were very, very successful. Both of them had really good college careers. But just the idea that the way we're bringing pitchers up through the system and what we're teaching them has got that diametrically opposed outlook on what success is for a pitcher. So I don't know if we really solved the problem about coaches calling pitches, except that I think uh, we touched on a couple of really important things. We need to be communicating constantly. We need to collaborate. Yeah, we need to be them. teaching. Mm-hmm. We need our pitchers and catchers to understand why we're doing what we're doing. I think we have to do everything we can to empower the pitcher that she knows that when she throws a pitch, she's got total faith in it. Because what should be happening if you throw a pitch and it gets hit, you should be able to look at what you can do better mm-hmm. to make sure it doesn't get hit again versus blaming somebody else for calling the wrong pitch. And I think that's the moral to the story about this whole thing is there's a whole lot of the blame game going on where you know coach calls a pitch I didn't really want to throw, so I throw a fatty right over the middle. Of course, that ball gets hit 250 feet. 
it's the coach's fault for calling the wrong pitch it's, when it's all of our fault for doing a little bit of something different wrong. In where, where was it? Right. All right. So anything else on the uh, coach's calling pitches idea? I think you need to train your catcher to learn how to call pitches. If coaches want to ha- like take over and call pitches, also train your catcher. Let's say you get thrown out of the game. Like who's going to call the pitch? Like we got to train the catcher to know what's going on. Um, let him wing it. Well, I think, I mean, I guess let him, you're going to have to at that point, let it wing so it in that situation. maybe let him wing it before that, right? I mean, yeah. play around yeah. in a scrimmage. Let them call it in a scrimmage and pick their brain of like, why did you call that pitch? And if she says just because, I don't know, like that's not an answer. Like that's how, right then and there, you know that you have to train her and teach her how to do this. I always liked when we would have scrimmages, and this could be something that the coaches could do as well too, is putting up a screen behind the catcher. So mm-hmm. that you as a coach could sit right back there. You could watch where the pitches are coming. You could interact with them immediately. You can see locations. You can see pitch calls. and You can train you, her right then and there. Yep. And I think that's a wonderful tool, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so the bottom line is we need to train our pitchers and catchers to understand what we're really trying to accomplish. We need to make sure that they're um, comfortable and confident in what they're doing. And if we're creating an environment where they're not comfortable, where they don't feel like they have of what's happening we have to be willing to live with the probably less than satisfying result that's going to wrap up number 185 make sure you check out our sponsor the anderson bat company become a patron if you can go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch make sure you go to the fastpitchprep.com website and uh, make sure that you reach out to us with any suggestions ideas or topics you want us to talk about at everything fastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com for coach danielle rubin and coach don mckinley our producer stan lewis This is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.